This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Another therapy se- I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> Patriots game recap slash preview. Uh, I had to bring somebody on who brings me to my happy place, you know, brings, brings the best oh, out of me because the tape today was rough. So I enlisted the help of my good buddy, Mike Cadillac. Mike, how are you doing, bud? We've had some time to sleep on this, to yep. ruminate, take a closer look at what happened. Did you see any anything good or was it as bad as we thought? No, I didn't see anything good. You're right, it is as bad as we thought. Uh, this mm-hmm. team, okay, the one thing I guess we can take away, well, first of all, Taylor, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, I think we all need a little bit of a, a day after, 24 hours, sit on it, uh, type event sesh. So this is perfect. Monday night mailbag. Let's get after it. Um, having said that, looking at, you know, watching some of the game over again today, um, sort of taking a deeper dive into it. Um, I mean, nothing really made me feel any better about this team. Like the same things I saw last night were basically just, you know, uh, I watched, you know, you, you watch it over, you take a look and you see it and it all kind of just made more sense. Like, the, the good things, like Kendrick Bourne, was really good. You see that again today on the film. It looks really good. Mac Jones, not great. You know, they simplified a little bit in the second half, uh, and he sort of gets them down there and is able to bring in a couple touchdown drives. But at the end of the day, uh, Bill Belichick said it this morning. All the players sort of said it on the radio today. They're close, but they're not close enough. They're not executing properly. They're not putting it – they're not stringing together drives. And – when you don't score points, your defense isn't going to be able to, you know, make as many stops because they're not as motivated. And it's all this, it's a spiral. It's a decline. It's an, you know, it's a, everything builds on each other. Um, and, you know, now they sit at one and five. So uh, things are still looking like they're going to get uglier before they get better here. Yeah. There's a lot of places we could go to right now for what's going wrong, all this, but we have a structured format in the yeah. form of your fantastic questions. So, Let's get this started. I'll take this one first, as you are the guest. I'll be polite this time around. Amit, <laughs> what have we got? Help me structure my camera. Amit's probably, Amit's probably back there just cooking up questions he wants us to hear. Honestly, I think these are just <laughs> going to be fake names on the bottom of the screen. Yeah. Uh, all right, so with money and free agency next year to spend and seemingly a high pick, who are the building blocks going forward we absolutely shouldn't trade before the deadline? Now, I'm actually going to pull up. Oh, look at that. A little bit of a, I'm actually not going to show you the clips on the side. Those are awful. But we're going to take a look at the actual roster for this question and see, yeah, who are the building blocks? Who are some people that we'd actually like to see on the team long term? Now, I'll start on the offensive side of the ball. One tough one is Kendrick Bourne, because while I am kind of nervous to see what this passing game would look like without him in it at all, I think maybe he's got some value, but at the same time, I don't think he's going to get you more than like a fourth round pick. And is that really worth losing one of the core pieces of your passing attack? I'm not sure. Devontae Parker, I would sell on immediately, but I don't know who's going to be a buyer. I mean, yeah. like I'm scared. I'm scared of that dude, to be totally honest. Like I don't like, I don't like criticizing him out loud. If but at you the can, same time. Yeah, hmm. I'm with you. If you can get anything, you know, back for that contract you signed him to this offseason, you take it, I think. Yeah, I don't think you are. I'm, that's that's just wishful thinking. Um, Trent Brown, I feel like, is somebody who's going to come going to come up in talks. But I think he's one of the answers on your team. Like, does he make a couple mistakes a game? Are there you know one or two snaps every game that you could point to, and you're like, yeah, he totally whipped, absolutely. But more often than not, he's one of the few people on the offense doing his job, and one of the few people who's able to do it at a high level. So honestly, I hope Trent Brown sticks. Also, I don't think Mac Jones would make it through the season from a health perspective <laughs> yeah. if he were gone. Um, let's keep looking here. We've got Hunter Henry is an interesting one. 
One, I do think that he's another guy you'd like to build around just because he's so steady. Also, captain. how much is he going to affect captain? Uh, one of the few guys that Mac has a lot of chemistry with. But at the same time, one, is he even going to get you that much value? Because when you listen to other people talk about Hunter Henry, it's one thing when you watch the Patriots and there's so much bad that you're like, Hunter Henry making a crazy catch is amazing, despite the fact he's not getting a ton of separation. But do you even think that he would fetch much on the on the uh, trade market? I wonder, I mean, again, you look at like, I mean, leadership quality is one thing that everybody likes about him here, but I don't think another team really cares to bring that in. Um, he's in a, he's a below average blocker. I'd say he's a little bit of an above average pass catcher, but um, unless there's like a really tight end needy team that is looking to, you know, get over the edge and get over the hump, if you will, to try and, you know, win a Super Bowl, then maybe, but like, I mean, you look at the top teams in the NFL right now, it's the Chiefs who have Travis Kelsey. It's the Eagles who have Dallas Goddard. It's the 49ers who have George Kittle. So, like, you know, maybe, like, I don't know, a Cincinnati. But Cincinnati has enough weapons for Joe Barrow anyway. So, I don't really know what team's going to go and buy on Hunter Henry for the next four months. All right. So, offensively, our options are probably Kendrick Bourne, Trent Brown, and who else? So, the Kendrick Bourne thing is interesting to me because you're right. I think he still adds value this season. I think he's, you know – as a pure pass catcher, not or a, as a wide receiver, rather, he's their top guy that has chemistry with Mac Jones right now. Um, and he is somebody who, you know, has a good attitude. He comes in every day. He works hard. Um, even yesterday, you know, you're, you're one and four going on one and five. And Zeke gets in the end zone and KB is right there doing the, you know, the eat it up thing with Zeke. Like he's a team guy. He likes it. He likes football and he likes the team. But it, I do. I think he would get you some value on the open market because I think or on the trade market rather. Because he's a high end, he's a high end player. He he showed it yesterday with ten catches for almost ninety yards. Um, I would like to build around him if he wants to stay and sign another contract. But that's sort of the game you have to play here because um, I don't know if they're going to you know have those talks with him before they send him off or anything like that. But mm-hmm. if he wants to stick around, then yeah, you keep him. But if if he's going to walk in free agency anyway next year then I kind of think you have to sell them off because you're not really playing for much at this point. And that, that's kind of the hard part with all of these things too is, and we'll get to the defense, you know, some of those guys that you might be able to sell off. But like, you know, there's, there's the talks and there's the rumors and there's the idea that Bill Belichick is no longer going to be here next year. Mm-hmm. But that's the guy that's going to be making the decisions right now with the deadline on who to buy or who to sell or who to build around. So like if you do it now and then it comes around and in January when free agency and hits in March, it's a whole new regime, then all the ideas might change. So um, this is the definitely an interesting deadline as a whole for this team, because you might have that changing of the guards. Um, so I get, I mean, we'll see how it plays out, but if a guy like Kendrick Bourne wants to be here long-term, I would rather see them extend him than trade him. And then I think we could just agree. Mike and Wendy was not an option because he's hurt. Nobody's going to trade for him right now. I agree. Um, I also think that that, that's another guy who, I mean, we talked about it, I think, before he even came in. But if he was going to come in and play right tackle and play well, just pay him like a right tackle. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Like you said, he's hurt right now. He was really an emergency player for them. I don't really think anybody's going to trade for him right now. I don't. Yeah, and I don't. I still think that if the roster is built well, Mike and Wenu never should have to play tackle for you. I, that's that's I, a good point as well. You're right. Um, all right, so let's look at defense because I think they've got more valuable trade chips on defense. One who is at the top of my list is Josh Uche because I think that the loss of Matt Judon has created a situation where I think Josh Uche, he's actually been pretty quiet this season. He yeah. has his flashes every game where you're like, right, that's the guy. Yeah, but that's he 55. Had a, we know that guy. Exactly. But that efficiency that he had last season, that was just through the roof. Obviously, statistically, these things he tend to regress. Just right. for him, it happens to be in a contract year. I think that right now you've seen without Judon, he's only had, I think, one pressure in each of the last two games. So he's not making the impact you want him to have. And with all this attention on him, maybe he really is just a second kind of rusher. Right Now, maybe you go send him to a team that you said has playoff aspirations or something like that, who just needs one more piece like a Josh Uche, who is not the most scary person on the defensive line and could just eat for a pretty good deal and then right. maybe skyrocket his value. So I think he is probably the one guy on this roster who I think could get you maybe second round type pick. At the very best. I don't want to get too crazy here, but I think he's your most valuable piece. The other guy, I mean, my most valuable piece is Kyle Duggar. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want them to a trade stay, him. I think, stay, stay. Yeah, a that's a guy who I want to be a building block. I don't want to mm-hmm. trade him. But if you're talking pure 
um, pure value on the, on the trade market and a guy that's in a contract here, I think it's Kyle Duggar. Um, but that's, that's, this is one of those guys where it feels like he is a Belichick guy, a second round pick, Lenore Ryan, you know, diamond in the rough type draft pick that they made. And they're going to want to try and keep around and, you know, continue to prove that Belichick can in fact uh, still draft. So I do, I, I think they should build around that guy. And I think that's a guy you need to resign. Last one before we move on, because yep. we could do this for an entire show. This is a lot of fun. Maybe we will. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, trade um, deadline special. <laughs> all right. What about Christian Barmore? He's young. He's still got some time left. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess I don't hate the idea if you're really going to go into full sell mode and mm-hmm. – uh, you know, you, if you can get something decent for him, but it's obviously going to depend on, you know, what you get back. I don't want to give up on a guy like that just yet because that was a guy too. You traded up for in the second round, you moved up to the 36 mm-hmm. overall pick, you put in some capital for, um, and I, I still think he has a lot of potential. So a guy that's still on a deal, that's a young building block. I think you, I think you keep him around if you can. I agree. I don't want to get rid of him. He just okay. seems like one of the other guys where if he on yeah. the market, maybe you can get something for him. But I agree. I really like him and I want him to stick around as a building block. Uh, real quick, pay the bills. Amit, please and th- thank you. <laughs> Send it over to our friends at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call one 800 GAM1234. All right. So Ahmed says this is the best question of them all. I have a feeling he's going to be biased, but let's see what the next question yeah, let's see is what we got in here. the bag. I'm excited. Let's see. Shows the secret. <laughs> tank or tank. Oh, sultry. All you right. Put it in. Bruce gonna, Ahmed is the name. Of, too. of course. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna take this. I'm gonna take first. it. I would first all right. start. Yes, please. So I uh I actually wrote about this a little bit today on uh, not WEI.com, but actually CLNSmedia.com, where I'm uh, <laughs> also contributing some gambling and betting content. And so talking about um, where this team is at and looking at the betting odds, um, the Patriots currently have like the fifth most likely odds to have the worst overall record in the NFL this season. That's again, that's according to odds makers. That's not statistical. That's, you know, again, odds, odds are probably higher than that. Right, right. And so, I mean, you look at it and when that question and that sort of uh, that prompt comes up, you obviously start to think, you know, are they going to tank or are they going to start to uh, the way I wrote about it is that you're never going to see not only a Bill Belichick team, but, you know, a, a true like supposedly highly run NFL football team actively tank to lose games. So like the uh, the word tank is is kind of tough to, you know, put into context like. Obviously, you know, you look at the trade deadline. If they start selling off pieces and looking toward the future, if you want to call that tanking, then so be it. I think that's more so rebuilding. Um, Same with (laughs) – exactly. And same with, you know, (laughs) if you do benchmark and go to a Bailey Zappi or Malik Cunningham or Will Greer, again, that's not necessarily tanking in my opinion. That's just seeing what you have on your roster. And same with giving some other younger guys, you know, opportunities. like. If Drew Juke Smith Schuster continues to struggle and he, you know, comes up lame on her knee and you put him on IR, you give a guy like Kayshawn Booty more reps, you give guys like Demario Douglas and he comes back more reps. So, like, I think that's what's gonna start to happen down the stretch if they continue on to one and seven, like we think they probably will, is you might see a new quarterback, you might see less reps for veterans, you might see some veterans shipped out, um, you know, things things like that. And so 
Um, again, that's not necessarily tank in my opinion. That's more so just looking to see what you have on your roster and doing sort of a, a gut slash rebuild. So I think that's the direction we're going to go. But as far as tanking and like if they're in week 17 and it's the Patriots and the Carolina Panthers who are vying for the number one pick, you're not going to see like them fumble or, you know, you know what I mean? Like that's just not yeah. going to happen. And that's not really what happens in any sport, but um, you might see them start to try and rebuild this thing here. Yeah, I think you, you you pretty much hit the nail on the head. The closest thing you're going to get to a tank is like a calculated tank, where it really is just a rebuild where you're assessing what you've got. Now, the Patriots are in a position where they can do that, where you just play all your young receivers. You know, you have Kendrick Bourne as the backbone, but everybody else there is a young talent. And honestly, they were already there yesterday, where Devontae Parker's on the field a lot, but you also have Jalen Rager. And it's like, all right, those two guys are both there, but they're not really doing a whole lot for you. It really is Kendrick Bourne and whoever else is on the field at the same time. And then the young guys, you also had Antonio Mafia and City so inside. So right. really, they're already kind of doing it. That's the, the thing difference I'm thinking is too. You're That's not- the other point is on the inside too, those two guards. Like- right. And then the only thing you're taking out is Mac Jones, but I think people also need to understand that if you play all these young players, you think this offense is bad, this is still a somewhat competent NFL offense. You're talking about if you have two to three rookies or even like a Tyquan Thornton who hasn't seen a lot of football in Bill O'Brien's system, especially on the field, then that's going to go from hard to watch to impossible to watch because right. there's the lack of chemistry. The detail that's been an issue all season that Juju Smith-Schuster is having trouble with, that's not going to get a lot easier when players don't have game experience. You saw that with Malik Cunningham yesterday. There right. were reads that he seemed to miss, although you know, like there was the handoff where he gave it to Ramondre, even though the guy bit down. It could have also been there's not a lot of reps there, so maybe Ramondre went downhill too fast because he doesn't have a lot of reps. Like there's this That could cause a cataclysmic – I'm using a lot of words, and I'm – like get myself in a tizzy here, but you see what I'm saying that yeah. like when one of those pieces is out of whack, it could just turn into a catastrophic thing for your offense. So I think that they're being forced in the position of almost kind of tanking because you're putting all your young guys in the fire. Right. But I mean, best case scenario, and you also don't want to damage them. Like what's going on with Mac Jones. You put him in such a difficult position over the course of years yep. that now it's completely gotten into his head. It's in his muscle memory and he can't really overcome it. Because nothing else around him is really helping him out. If you do that to your young receivers, are you helping them by giving them experience? It's like with young quarterbacks. Are you going to put them in there and damage their confidence? Or are they going to maybe build it because they have that toughness and they're being developed well? And I also don't frankly trust their ability to develop young talent on offense either. So, like, I'm sorry, but... No, I'm with you. Pretty kind and, of very close to doing that. <laughs> and to the point with the offensive line, and again, I, I don't I don't like to use... Not that I don't like to use the word tank, but I think that's kind of, you know, putting it in a different light than what it is. But, mm-hmm. you know, if if the Patriots were 4-1 and one, instead of 1-4 and four going into yesterday... I have a feeling Mike Onwenu would probably play. Like he probably would have stuck it out and they probably would have put him out there. But the fact that they're not, and they're, again, it's crazy to think that they're already making business decisions, you know, at, in August on, I mean, not August, October 16th, excuse me, but that's kind of the reality of the situation. And so uh, you wonder what they, again, I wonder what they'll do with Mike Onwenu in general here, because if he's not going out there and trotting out there to, you know, try and tough, I, again, I don't want to, um, speculate on his injury either but if it's the same thing and he's a little bit banged up and isn't getting out there because they're one and four and they're like eh, forget it you, you wonder where this is this thing's gonna go and where how this thing unravels absolutely i'm gonna address a comment real quick where yeah. is it now my thing froze up where it's uh sign out football works kyle first my name is Taylor. Uh, playing young guys, what other teams do. Yes, that's true. But it really helps when you have a developmental program in place. Like what yep. the Patriots have on defense last year, you saw a ton of young players play on defense. Because, yeah, sometimes that is just how football works. The Chiefs are doing a great job of that. But the Chiefs and the Patriots defensively have the coaching staffs where those things work because they're putting these players, they're not putting a ton, a ton on their plate, they're as much as they can simplifying it and making their jobs relatively easy. That's not what you're talking about on offense, especially when there's so much more. I don't want to – it's not like a, uh, that being a defensive back doesn't involve chemistry. You have to know where your help is. You know, There's plenty that goes into that as well. But with offense, there's so many little details in chemistry in terms of the quarterback and receiver being able to even connect because right. they understand each other. So, and you talk there's also can be worse than Juju. A, right, but there's and there's a, a to your point, like there's a big difference between last year putting in a Jack Jones earlier than you might have wanted to on a defense that is naturally pretty good at you know developing and 
teaching cornerbacks. Like you look mm-hmm. at you know the JC Jacksons and uh, the Malcolm Butlers of the world, and like people like that who have come in here, been able to be plug and play and play pretty well because they're good at that. That's different than taking Kayshawn Booty and just plugging him in yesterday because he's young and he might as well be better. Like that's just not how it works. There, like there's a lot more to it than just plug and play. Yeah. And and from a and the, I just want to address the Juju and Tyquan thing because it's bugging me. I don't even necessarily disagree because Juju's literally not done anything. Like I'm not Correct. even saying relative to that. I'm saying like you said, a booty or a Cunningham where it's like you think it's bad now. Wait till you get guys in there who don't have reps. <laughs> right. Reps are very important. Exactly. All right, Amel, let's move on. Um, but yeah, it's a good question. But I, good job, uh, producer Amit. How much blame should be placed on Adrian Clem for the O-line play and on Bill for hiring him? This is one where I wasn't really sure yet. Mm-hmm. And I think I was pretty close, but I think we've just reached a boiling point where Adrian Clem has had a tough hand dealt to him because he had to develop a lot of young mid-round offensive linemen very quickly. And two of the pillars of the offensive line have been hurt. He also have like a glaring spot at right tackle, which was seen as initially his biggest hurdle that he had to overcome. And it's always hard to judge exactly how a coach is doing. Not everybody's Skarnekian. Not everybody can take the undrafted guy that you signed last week, plug him in, and he like gives up a couple pressures. But you're like, oh my god, that was incredible! I didn't even expect that. Like, not everyone is Scar, so it's tough to say. Okay, is he not doing his job well because these rookies are? You know, I even thought Mafia was doing pretty well for a couple weeks, and then he's just been regressing a little bit. But it's also that, you know, Trent Brown is still kind of making the mistakes. David Andrews is hurt, so there's that. But the way they're picking up line games, like I get these guys are young, but just like in terms of depth, in terms of having the awareness that they're even going to happen, things like that are happening far too often. And then you look at the run game where there are definitely some positives, but there's times where guys are given angles that just don't make sense, where you got Antonio Moffey trying to outrun like Pete Warner, which is a complete mismatch. Like that's not going to happen. You're not using your personnel the right way. So in terms of the plan, sometimes the positions guys are being put in their execution, like it gets down to a point where I don't care that you're young, just like you have to not repeat mistakes. And Belichick said that was one of Mafia's strengths, but I think that we're starting to see that with a lot of repeat mistakes, specifically on those stunts and those things where he tries to block one person, somebody else comes in his area and he's not even close to being able to pick it up. It's affecting other people. And then you look at the penalties where where's the discipline there because you can control penalties. You can control false starts and things like that. And the offensive line is getting penalized every week. And I think you can blame Belichick because he was one of Belichick's guys. And he was familiar with the Oregon program. He hired Adrian Clem. Adrian Clem used to play for the Patriots. It was very brief, but there's that connection. Uh, Yeah, the offensive line has not only not had great talent, but also the product on the field has been really bad. And at some point, yeah, it's the coach's fault. I understand you have a tough hand, but it's been abysmal. Right. I'm with you. I mean, it. this whole thing this whole disaster the reason we sit here on october 16th talking about a one in five football team i i truly think it starts and ends with the offensive line and it goes back to last year as well um Hmm. and i do i think it's the players like ultimately the players that they've put out there aren't good enough and they have dealt with injury but you're still working with a vidarian low and two rookies um at tackle and the two guards and so i i don't think the the play on the field is Adrian Clem's fault. But I do think it's Bill Belichick's fault for bringing those guys in and having those guys be the second tier that they've had to rely on to play at set offensive line positions and not having a better option at right tackle in week six. Um, And so ultimately it's on the players, but it's also on the GM for bringing those guys in. Um, As far as Adrian Clem specifically, I do agree with your point. Um, on the fact that he can fix false starts and he can fix holdings and he can fix, um, you know, illegal formations along the offensive line or too like, you know, too many men downfield, like things like that, the the mental side of it, that's on the offensive line coach. And I don't care if you're um, call it Orlando Brown jr. Or if you're Calvin Anderson, like you can still coach a guy up enough to be smart on the football field. You're in the NFL for a reason. Uh, you should not be able – you should not be making as many mental mistakes as the Patriots are making. Um, but as far as like, you know, the skill sets of these guys, it, technically, Vidarian Lowe getting smoked on the outside by Max Crosby for a safety is Vidarian Lowe's fault. Like he's not good enough. But it's the fact that he's being put in that position at all 
that's Bill Belichick's fault. So everyone gets a piece of the blame pie, in my opinion. And that's the reason that Mac sped up. That's the reason that Mac and his off or Mac and his wide receivers aren't on the same page. That's the reason Mac's throwing interceptions when he's rolling out instead of throwing the football away. Like it all comes back to that offensive line. And at the end of the day, it's Bill Belichick's fault because he's the general manager of this team. You busy this fall to cook, but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing your goals. Adjust your stride this autumn without missing a step. Choose from 34 plus weekly flavor packed, fresh, never frozen meals ready to eat in two minutes. Level up with Gourmet Plus options, prepared perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Too busy running around during the day to think about lunch? Keep your energy up with lunch to go. Effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go. No microwave required. Looking for calorie conscious options during the busy season? Try delicious, dietitian approved, calorie smart meals with around or less than 500 calories per serving. Need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best as you tackle a busy autumn? Try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45 plus add-ons, including breakfast items like our delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet. Or for an easy wellness boost, try refreshing beverage options like cold pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. We offset 100% of our delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for our production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in our meals. This October, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash patsdaily50 and use code patsdaily50 to get 50% off. That's code patsdaily50 at factormeals.com slash patsdaily50 to get 50% off. That's what he says. That's, it all falls down to me. I'm the head coach. Yeah. And at the same time, when some when a product is this bad, yeah. you, it never is one or two people. It's brain right, pie right. all around because no That's one's true. doing anything to the level that they need to be doing it. No one's uh, doing anything. Just cut that on it and make that the promo. No one's doing anything. <laughs> all right. What else we got on it? Maybe one more from the mailbag and then we'll start taking some questions that you've got live. Uh, what are the options they have when they have Parker who has clearly lost something out there and not feeding Bourne or trying to get the younger guys going? Uh, you want to take this one? Oh, man. Yeah, that this is another one that comes down to Bill Belichick. Like their options are slim. They don't have many options at wide receiver or tight end. And um, those guys this offseason, rightfully so, um, got a little bitter. Um, rightfully so at the time, got a little bitter at the uh, stink, stank, stunk thing that our, mm. our, our good friend Mike Giardi said. And I get it. I mean, it's our job to, you know, analyze and treat these guys and, you know, to whatever happened, happened, right? But, I mean, they haven't been good. Like, it seemed like they took it to heart and then they were going to use it as motivation to, you know, play harder, play play faster, play better. And they haven't. They haven't lived up to the bargain. Um, Kendrick Bourne has a little bit. But, again, Devontae Parker's drop. Uh, yesterday inexcusable in my opinion there's there's nothing to uh there, there's no reason why he shouldn't have not only caught up but taken accountability after the game as well again Kendrick's been pretty good Tyquan's been hurt um Demario Douglas I think has been solid but could be better as far as like a route runner and understanding spacing in the field and things like that and we'll see what kind of uh what kind of impact he makes when he comes back from his concussion this week um but no Parker you're right has clearly lost a little something out there um, I don't know why they haven't turned to Kayshawn Booty yet, um, at least like yesterday. Um, it, I, I don't know. In my opinion, I'd rather see what you have in Kayshawn Booty than see what you have in Jalen Rager. Um, but as far as like the younger guys getting them going too, I, I sort of mentioned it um, in the in the tank question. Guys like Booty, guys like De- Demario Douglas, guys like Cunningham. Like I, I know Cunningham is m- maybe turning more into a gadget guy than a, than a true wide receiver, but those are your options and you might as well see what you have in them because not that they're not, not that the other guys are not that much better than them. Like I would take a Kendrick Bourne and Devontae Parker over those guys, I think, but 
you might as well give them a shot because those guys aren't really performing either. Yeah. And you mentioned where we were in the summer versus where we are now. Yeah. I do think like the inbreakers to Bourne and things like that, that's that was there in the summer. Correct. Juju, I think we started to see in the summer, like, okay, we need to temper our expectations because he's only really catching short passes. He showed up in the red zone. They haven't really been in the red zone enough for that to really be fulfilled. Right. Um, but then Devontae Parker is the biggest one where losing your vertical threat outside, like that's a that was a massive part of the whole like how is this offense gonna go? Because right. you know, if you have that element, then these one-on-one matchups are completely different. Like it helps your pass rush. And then if they actually used RPOs, then you'd be more inclined to do so because you can either hit fades or slants because you're so confident in this guy on the back. Like there's so many things that this could have opened up in so many ways the offense could have been easier. But, yeah, he's been a massive disappointment. And I really did not like his comment about I, – I didn't like that he was mentioned it was on his fingertips. Or it yeah. sounded like he was trying to kind of take blame off of himself. Where it's like, dude, even if that's off your fingertips, like don't say that. Correct. <laughs> if that touched your hands, like unless you were losing feeling because of uh, the intensity of the moment, like, man, you just got to eat that. And yeah, instead I'm with he you. kind of goes away like that was from a veteran too. Like, yeah. And then when you look at the effort, like his route running has been something that I did not really want to put under too much of a microscope because as a veteran player, sometimes you give those guys the benefit of the doubt. Like, yeah, sometimes you don't want to go 100% because you know the ball's not coming your way. Right. Like when you're 30 years old to a degree, I'm just like, hey, sometimes you live with it. But yeah. now when it's starting to go happen on the field where Max Target, you want to slant and you act like you just have all the time in the world, like it's an option route where you're a second read. Like it's starting to actually hurt the team. And now on the one thing that this team asks you to do, you get behind the defense. It's like, hey, maybe we got something again with Parker and maybe we eat crow. And, you know, he just needed to get his feet back under him and he has a great performance and sure. all of this is for not. But that's not what the past has been in the past few weeks. That's not the Devontae Parker we've seen. And it's just been so disappointing. So I think defeating Kendrick Bourne, I think they're starting to come around to that. Mm -hmm. It's weird that this – I knew that once Thornton was in the game, I'm like, they're not going to throw to him very often. Like, O'Brien clearly doesn't trust him. So Thornton doesn't play in the slot a lot because he's kind of a smaller guy. It's got to be Kendrick Bourne. And all those underneath targets that you usually see for Juju for whatever reason or for DeMario sometimes, like those were being funneled to him out of desperation. And finally, it's like, yes, this is why people have been saying, like, it doesn't always have to be downfield. Just get him involved because he's got more juice and more tackle breaking ability than anybody else. So I think that that's close. And with the younger guys, again, it's going back to the tank argument where – I don't think that you want Malik Cunningham playing 20 snaps a game. I don't think you want Kayshawn Booty playing 20 snaps a game. If Kayshawn Booty's not on the field that Demario Douglas is, I think that's telling you what's happening on the practice field. Yeah. Like if exactly. Kayshawn Booty were earning reps, he'd be getting more reps. Like it's it's not like he's buried on some depth chart. He's right. Demario earned them. He's out there. If Booty exactly. was earning them, he would be out there. 100. percent And we saw it in uh, training camp. Demario right. was out there immediately. Kayshawn took a while, then he popped in, and then it was inconsistent. Like. Yeah. It's again. It, it's a difference between okay, this is hard to watch for to it being Mac doesn't trust Juju, who he's been working with since summer. What do you think is going to happen when it's Kayshawn Booty and you know uh, and Malik Cunningham running option routes, running uh, slants, where maybe he puts one more step than he's supposed to at the top of the route, and then it's an interception or what what have you, you know? Right. So I do want to get the young guys involved, and you know the stink stink something has come to fruition. Although things have changed since then, like you know, I, I, I think. Whatever. I'm not going to get one thing. One thing I quickly want to add to to the Parker thing in the comments after the game. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard and I don't want to, you know, continue to sit here and pile on the guy. Like he he made a mistake. He had had to talk about it and what have you. But I I agree that, you know, that's something where you should, you know, eat it after the game, no matter what happens. Say That's my fault. I have to catch that ball. Repeat that until you're blue in the face. Don't start asking for next questions and stuff. But the other thing with that is, this is a guy who Belichick just gave a three-year extension to. This is a right, guy. That's what makes be, it way worse. Yeah, yes. this is yes. supposed to be a a Belichick guy who loves the team and wants to be a part of winning here. And that those are the reports that came out. Ian Rappaport tweeted he wants to bring another Super Bowl to the Patriots. Like that's supposed to be the guy who you can, who is supposed to sit in the locker room and eat what happened and say that was my fault and I need to be better for the team and. He didn't do that, so that part of it and the fact that he was supposedly the Belichick guy who got the, the three-year extension, that part rubbed me the wrong way a little bit too. 
Yeah, and and you're so right. Like this is it's it's one play, and it's so easy in a game like that to make it all about him in that right. situation. It's more that it's everything. Where it's the extension, it's what he said afterwards, right? And right. the fact that there hasn't been a level of production where you're like, all right, like with Kendrick Bourne, I think like he had the drop earlier in the season, but it's like, you can't really point to Kendrick Bourne and say like, he's doing it again. Like this is an issue. It's like at some point you give him grace, but Devontae Parker hasn't really earned that grace, especially with the lack of effort, because when you lack effort, then it's like when you have a a, a guy to have it play fall through your hands, all of these things combined create a much uglier picture. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, I'm hungry. And now I just can't – I keep thinking factor, factor, factor. I just – I can't wait to get some in my belly. So Good you trip. know what? Let's pay the bills. Thank you, pal. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, now we're going to take a couple live mailbag questions before we head out of here. First, what's really the biggest need on O? Right tackle, wide receiver, or quarterback? Um, I could take this one first. Yeah, you can start. I. Uh, it's hard to just say right tackle when guard is also such a big issue, but I say right tackle with the idea that like the priority has to be the offensive line. Like look at the Eagles, the Eagles and the 49ers, like two of the best, most well-built teams in the NFL. The strength is in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And yes, the explosive talent helps a lot. But at the end of the day, if you want to be a well-balanced team, you have to have a good offensive line. There's absolutely no way around that. Beyond that, I would say if I had to prioritize, I would say receiver right now just because I think this team, if you stabilize the offensive line and give them like one T Higgins type that mm-hmm. can dictate matchups, I think that takes so much pressure off. And regardless of who's a quarterback, I think that makes you a more competitive team. And with that said, my offseason, my dream offseason is you pay a right tackle or you pay a receiver and then you draft a quarterback. So you give them the help that Mac Jones never got. And then you start looking at quarterback. And it's hard when there's like some really good prospects and next year's class isn't good. Like quarterback has to be a priority at some point. Right. But you got to give them help. Like that's what this whole Mac Jones thing has been about. And having a Caleb Williams helps. But it also helps when Caleb Williams doesn't have to run for his life. It can actually mature behind a pocket that doesn't give him the yips. Right. Um to answer the question in, you know, a couple different ways, uh, you look at like, th- you know, this year and what I guess the biggest need for like this team in 2023 is is uh, is right tackle. Um, at the end of the day, I've been a Mac Jones guy um, moving forward. I think, and I, again, I think that I do. I think he got screwed from the jump. I think they didn't put enough around him in year three. We're now here and we're at one and five and he looks like, um, you know, he, he, he's not a good and cal- good caliber NFL quarterback. And so uh, heading into the offseason, I think the biggest need is quarterback because I think Mac Jones is, you know, in my opinion, irretrievably broken. I think the timing, the footwork, the confidence, um, I think all of it's shot. And I think it's been a compounding thing over the last three years where it's going to be nearly impossible for any, you know, offense coordinator, quarterback coach, head coach to come in and fix it. Um, at least not relatively soon. I think it's going to take a lot for him to get, you know, his confidence back and his mojo back as an NFL quarterback. Um, so I think this offseason, I think quarterback's number one because it's the most important position in football. However, I'm starting to come around the idea that offensive line is, in fact, the most important position in football because you mentioned Caleb Williams. I watched Caleb Williams on Saturday night, and uh, he looked a lot like Mac Jones back there. 
He didn't have the no, protection. Literally. literally. He was, yeah, he was running around with <laughs> like a chicken with his head cut off. He was trying to make plays with his hair on fire, and he threw three interceptions, and they got beat by Notre Dame because they couldn't handle the rush, and that threw the entire USC offense, offense off. That's with Lincoln Riley calling players. That's with the best player in college football as your quarterback. So at the end of the day, you need to keep those guys protected, and you need to give them time with their wide receivers to try and get that chemistry going and try and get, you know, the, the whole operation going. So it comes down to the offensive line. So long story short, this year the biggest need is still and was right tackle because you're not going to get a better quarterback in here this year. Um, moving forward, you need to find a quarterback of your future. And this time, whether it's Belichick, whether it's Macro, whether it's Gerard Mayo, whether it's a new GM, new head coach, whoever that quarterback is, you need to surround him with a competent offensive line and talent around him. And that's that's sort of where my head goes. Absolutely. I keep having this like fantasy in my head that Mac Jones could be a good bridge quarterback, but truly, man, I don't know if he's going to make it out of this season with his head on his shoulders. That's the part that's too bad is like, and I, I do sometimes, you know, receive a lot of flack for being a Mac Jones guy, but you look at the, you look at him coming out of college and you look at what he did in year one and you look at the, the sort of, you know, some of the flashes this year, last year, and obviously, you know, his, 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 uh, I keep wanting to say freshman year, his rookie year. Like he was there and he could play quarterback in this league. And Bill said it himself too, but it's just, it, it's too far gone at this point. Like he, he's, you know, he's happy feet. He's taking sacks when he shouldn't. He's, you know, no plan, he, no plan. No plan. He's throwing the ball away or he's not throwing the ball away when he should. Like that played a Hunter Henry yesterday. Like after everything you've been through the last five weeks, the interceptions, the costly turnovers, you break the pocket. Yeah, it's making you, it's making you cringe. Like, and I was watching it too. And it's, it, he broke the pocket on that interception. And I was yelling at my TV, like, just throw it away. Just throw it away. And again, he just tries to do too much. Those are the types oh of God. mental lapses that are really hard to coach out of someone once they're baked in after this long. And so that's why I say we're seeing it. We're literally seeing how hard it is to get it out. He's doing it like, Oh my God. I I, I still can't. And the worst part is he didn't even have to throw it away. Hunter Henry was wide open. (laughs) Yeah. Literally just take two seconds, plant your feet. feet. He had time. Like I, and that's the really scary part is when I'm looking at him and I'm saying, okay, he's like, what do you think about it? He doesn't like, Go back in your brain and think about when the last time is that Mac Jones threw the ball away. We actually got the answer. And I'm pretty sure it was the throw that sailed to Mike Gesicki because Mike Gesicki just lost so badly yeah. on an out route where I don't even know why that was the matchup you want. But, you know, everybody gets gotten in the NFL. That just, like, is a weird one to give to Mike Gesicki. But it's not about him. It's about Mac Jones. And so many times on the film where you see the first read is taken away, but because he's either anticipating the rush or seeing the rush – like, it's, it's so hard, and this is why, it, like you say, it's hard to, for it all to be on Mac because when you're constantly dealing with people at your feet, that is not an easy place to live. But, it, like, even Brady, you saw, sometimes he'd make a throw and he'd kind of dip away because, like, yeah, you're a pocket quarterback. You're not trying to get hurt. That's common sense. But there's also times where it's like I know what I have to do on this play. I might get bumped or something. There are times where Mac is literally just – he does not want to get touched. And that's a scary thing to see from a quarterback when it's not even, no, I'm not trying to take a big hit or I'm just trying to, like, you know, minimize the damage. It's Mm -hmm. bully. This guy might, like, just kind of, like, you know, at the end of the play kind of bump into me, and he doesn't want that. And that's that's what really is like, okay, he's – he needs help around him, but, you know – like we already said, I, I think it's well past time. It feels lost. It yeah. can't be him. Yeah. Right. Best case scenario, I think he's your bridge until your new quarterback gets his feet under it and we can play. But uh, all right, Amit, one more, please. We got Monday Night Football coming up. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Is there any scenario in which Belichick would step down this year or does anybody really know his contract status? That's you, buddy. Um. I am not aware of his contract status. Um. I know he makes a lot of money. I don't know if it's year to year. I don't know if it's a locked in, baked in type of situation. That is, uh, that whole thing is pretty lock and key down at One Patriot Place as to what that contract actually looks like. Um, as far as stepping down, I think if if they're gonna move on from Belichick this season, it's gonna be mutual. It's going to be a step down. I don't think they can fire him. And I've gone back and forth on this over. You know, the last two two weeks, three weeks, as they've, you know, continued to get blow out, blown out and lose, it's like, when is enough enough going to be enough for Robert? Or when is enough going to be enough for Robert Kraft? And um, I thought that there was a chance that 
things could have blew up last week after the loss of the Saints and Robert would just be so pissed and he storms downstairs and he yanks him out. And like, again, this week too, I'm like, oh, if you know, if they get blown out again, you could really see this hitting the fan. But at the end of the day, I don't, there's not enough infrastructure outside of Bill Belichick in Foxborough for Robert Kraft to fire Bill Belichick in season. Because if you fire Bill, Bill's hands are on everything in Foxborough. He runs the scouting department. He runs um, the the front office. He runs every single coaching you know unit. Um, he runs PR. Realistically, he runs social media. They have their hands in you know the food that's in the freaking cafeteria every day. Like everything in Foxborough is run by either Bill Belichick or people close to him in his circle. So. If you fire him and you start pissing people off, you're not going to have a lot of people around you, you know, to like, if you fire Bill and everyone's pissed off and everyone else leaves with him, who are you going to bring in to run the operation for the next four months? Like, yeah. it just can't happen that way. And that's the problem. Like, is Macro a Belichick guy or is he going to stick around and, you know, piece together the front office? And at that point, is he going to even want to, like, if he's not guaranteed the job next season, is he just going to be a lame dunk, lame duck front office executive? Um, you know, same with the assistant coaches. Like, is Steve going to stick around? Is Brian going to stick around? Are you going to have to gut, like, are you going to have an offensive coach? Like, is Bill O'Brien going to stay here if he's not guaranteed a position? Is Gerard Mayo going to stay? So, like, there's this huge domino effect that um, since it's so, like, I guess special here is the right way to say it with Bill Belichick, mm -hmm. it's unprecedented it's it's hard to just fire the guy and you know have an ounce of like stability moving forward the rest of the season so long story short if bill does in fact leave this year it's gonna have to be mutual and he's gonna have to step down and sit there and say i've done the best thing for the team that's been my philosophy for the last 25 years i'm gonna continue to do that and i'm gonna step down otherwise I'd, i i just i can't see him getting fired at this point and only for that reason not that he doesn't deserve it but the fact that the lighthouse might fall down if Bill Belichick is no longer here. Like it's that he's that entrenched in everything at, at Patriot place. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this Adidas. I mean, you you put it perfectly. Yeah, that's kind of, like, yeah. You're pulling out the tree by the root, and you have yeah, no exactly. idea what that what that domino effect is going to be, and that's what makes it so hard for them to be this bad this early. There are so many questions that you have, but if I think it would take like several more blowouts because I I, I understand it is virtually impossible for Belichick to get fired or walk away, whatever you want to call it, in season. Because if he walks away, like whatever it is, if it's in season, at some point the understanding is that Robert Kraft has had enough. Right. Because I highly doubt that Belichick is going to be this mad at Belichick, fire, or, you know, to that point more than uh, Robert Kraft is going to be. Mm -hmm. But is it going to take like several more blowouts? Is Robert Kraft going to put up with that? It's just like how much deeper are you going to dig this hole that affects your legacy? Like, this can get bad. And we talked about, like, earlier this season where, like, could this get bad? Yeah, if you get more injuries on defense. If Mac doesn't bounce back from the Dallas game. Yeah, this can get worse. And we're seeing that happen right before our eyes because right. Keon White is in concussion protocol. Jonathan Jones just suffered a knee injury, and he's already hurt. Jack Jones may be coming back, sure. Maybe Trey Flowers helps you out. But, like, that's a, on defense, which is actually doing its part by doing the bend but don't break thing where, like, they're not going to get off the field very much or, like, very quickly at times. But they're going to make the plays when they need to, and right. they're not going to allow touchdowns. Now, you hold up your end of the bargain and score 20 points. And and we're at a point now where it's looking like maybe, you know, the Kendrick Bourne and tomorrow Douglas experiment works. Yeah. But – it just doesn't seem like this team's going to be competent very quickly. So you're just going to have to drag I was waiting for this comment. I was waiting for that comment. Like literally that's how 
Like that's how much Belichick is involved. Like the cable bill. Yeah. I, I agree. Spe- what's yep. spec the Des? What's going on? Like I was reading and I started laughing because I was reading the 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 live uh, the live comments come in. Like that's that's how entrenched he is in this in this place. And so it's not as easy as everyone wants it to be for them to just pull the plug on him. Yeah, but I, I guess that just is where I was trying to get to was yeah. how bad can it get? Right. And how much are you going to put up with? Cause again, it could get so, so much worse. And then it's okay. If you do, then there's no real direction that you can go. Cause like we're talking about the trade deadline. We don't even know how that's going to work out because right. I think bill has to have some understanding of like, I'm probably not going to be running this team for very much longer. Right. So how much weight do you put more into Matt grow? And like you said, is Matt grow even going to stay? Are you getting bill O'Brien's guys? Cause bill O'Brien could leave. Right. You know, and you're hoping the defensive staff stays because the defensive staff has been fantastic. These and are consistently how much effort, good defenses. Like how much effort is Bill going to want to put into the deadline if he knows that he's not coming back next year? Is he going to like – is he going to want to set up this place to succeed moving forward or is he just going to be so annoyed that he's not going to be back here and say, well, I don't know what they're going to do. Like it's just – the whole thing is – it's very interesting. This, this organization is in a very interesting spot right now. And it's like, I was thinking, I would hope that he would at least take like a Bruce Arians role and kind of usher the team into the next, but like, do you trust him to be a consultant? Like, obviously Belichick knows so much. Like, I'm not acting like get him out of the door. He's an idiot. I'm not saying that, but seriously, his perspective is clearly not where it needs to be to build a competitive, to build or to field a competitive football team. And it's just how much can you really take what he right. has to say about your roster construction into consideration? It's it's a really, really tough situation for someone who's built up so much good faith and for it to just have, you know, the signs and the breadcrumbs have been there and then just like the bottom got too high yeah. and just completely fell out. And it's crazy. Where do you go from it there? is. It's wild that it's wild. And I've used I've brought up the date like three times today because it is it is crazy that it is only October 16th and we're already having these conversations of a one in five football team. Like you're right. Usually you're hoping they turn it around by September. You're like hoping they're, or or I'm sorry, by Thanksgiving, by Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. Like the bottom has just all of a sudden, you know, like you said, breadcrumbs and it it got hot and all of a sudden it just, it just fell and it fell freaking fast. So uh, yeah, I mean, we're just going to have to kind of, you know, watch it, watch it play out and see what happens here. But. It's interesting. I don't know. If, interesting. I don't know if this is more therapy for me or for you or for them. I hope. I hope everybody else feels as yeah. you know as a little out. bit fresher. I, I needed this, so thank you all very much. Uh, thank you, Mike, for putting up with me. Of course, I needed Thanks to talk to somebody me. about this. Thank oh, you all good. for your great questions, for the interaction. Uh, anything you want to say to the people before we get out of here? No. Um, all I got to say is thanks for watching. Uh, happy to be back on Press Pass. This was, these are my Stomba crowns for some time, and I'm happy to come back ever, anytime you want me, Taylor. So thank you for having me. You're welcome all the time, my friend. Thank you all so much once again for coming in, for your questions, all that good stuff. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And we'll see you next time. Peace.